Welcome to Going 19, Episode 20. Today we continue our discussion on It from Stephen King, covering chapters 7, 8, and 9 from Part 2, as well as the second interlude. I'm Ed. With me are Allie and Amber. Let's start the show. I said, what's up, but that's not what I meant. <laughs> I am up. Hello, hello. Hello. Good morning. Yeah, I had to get up at like 8 o'clock and read uh, the second interlude. I didn't make it to that. That is yeah. literally what I did. <laughs> like, same time, same amount of reading. Same batch. Same batch. I just finished it, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's important though. The black spot is uh, very important. Oh, yeah. I um, I had reread the first half of this book a few years back when they did the first remake, and I remember some parts of it very vividly. And that scene or that story was one of them. And I almost was like, oh, like dreading reading it again just because I remember how horrible it was. Uh, it was just as horrible, and I forgot how. Uh, racist it was it's almost uncomfortable at this point my oh well i mean it's <laughs> i mean i think it should be uncomfortable and it's yeah, uh, I, I get what he's okay so let's sorry yeah we're jumping into it already <laughs> uh so what are we at going 19 episode 20 uh part two chapters seven eight nine right mm-hmm. and i can enter yeah. Okay. So go. I guess. I guess we're going. Um. So yeah, the black spot is bad. I, I mean, I get that he he like is trying to make the characters like they would be at the time, but these uh, even well, even like rural man, it's like Jesus. You know, it was everywhere. I was gonna say it, it's 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 interesting hearing a story like that somewhere so far north where. Obviously, there was slavery everywhere, but I think people typically tend to forget that there was slavery everywhere and racism everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I, I, I hope there wasn't slavery in 1930, but there was definitely well, racism. Racism that stems from that. I mean, or, you know, tied together. Maybe not. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I imagine. Anyway, um, I printed some synopsis, but they're long and that I'm going to like a five paragraphs for each chapter. <laughs> it seems like a lot. I mean, uh, this, this one is, it kind of works nicely with the last section where we had, um, oh my God, I can't even remember who we read last time. Ben, Bill, and someone Mike. else. I mean, interlude might as well be called Mike's part. Yeah. Yeah. Although, uh, I did think it was strange that we got Stan's story through Beverly's part. <laughs> like, yes, Stan doesn't get his own section. <laughs> it was a lot of Inception. Yeah, because Beverly was on the plane, or wherever she was. Yeah, she was on the plane, I think. But yeah. She was somewhere. And She's she was remembering meeting Stan, who was telling the story of the uh, Stan pipe. Right. And every time he said the word sandpipe and the big white and the and these in the windows, 
I can picture it perfectly. It's not even hard. Oh, I know. I couldn't not picture it. And even I was trying to line it up with the real one. And I'm like, that's not how that looks, though. I'm like, well, wait, it's just inspired by. <laughs> no, it was pretty close. Uh, well, but, not the uh, standpipe. I meant the location where he said it was like down from, like he couldn't see it from the bird bath. I was like, um, no. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, you can definitely see it from the bird bath. It did <laughs> slope down, though, the whole entire area. Yeah. That's true. It did. Yeah, I was picturing that view where they said you could go up to the gallery and look out over the town. I was like, you sure can. <laughs> yeah, I was picturing him sitting on that bench, just looking at both sides, going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then like, you know, get, scribbling something in the notebook. Didn't Jamie say that there were kids that drowned in it, and that's why they officially locked the door? Like, I feel like a lot of that was true. Did he say that? I don't remember. I meant to look it up. I totally forgot. I meant to look up what that Latin meant, and I asked Google, but Google didn't know. And as far um, as uh, Ali, by the way, one of the prominent features of the Stephen King tour is the standpipe and the bird bath. So it's like those are real things in Banger. <laughs> oh, neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can send her send her a picture or show it to her or something. Oh yeah, that's true. I can send it in the group chat. <laughs> um yeah, I'm not doing it right now. Uh so uh we start with Eddie. Um I like the way they tell the story of the barons. I mean, we're what four almost 500 pages in, and we kind of just finished that story of them building the dam. And it took a really long time to do it, but <laughs> it's I also like the, the story of them coming together. So, same point, it takes a while for them to all kind of get together as a crew. Yeah, it's like 400 pages, and we're just like starting to meet Beverly and Stan. Like, geez, <laughs> the book could be over by now. <laughs> Patterson, it would be two books. Jeez. <laughs> um, but I like the way it just he just kind of keeps switching perspectives but keeps the story thread of the barons and the dam going but right was, well I, I, I kind of mentioned this briefly at work with Ali and I were talking about it yesterday where it's like it's a very strange narrative style because it's like it's not quite third person but it's also not quite um, what did you say uh, you said it's between um, Oh my god, I can't remember that word. Ali, what did you say? Person, omnipotent, yeah. and first person. So, like, you get what they're thinking and wondering what other people are thinking, but also, like, but the narrator also knows everything. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, you have all perspectives. <laughs> Which it almost seems to switch with the past and the present, too, a little bit. But I don't know. <laughs> I think that's a good point. Yeah, there's not, because in the present, they're not really like thinking about other people's thoughts at all. It's all about, well, they're also kind of doing the whole flashback thing. So it's confusing, but <laughs> yeah. You know, after reading the uh, second interlude, I'm thinking Mike has had a much more horrible existence than everyone else. Because he's had to remember what happened the entire time. Because I'm assuming he didn't do any forgetting. And, you know, he spent the last, what, 18 months dreading whether he has to remind all of them of what happened. Like, he's, he's, he's lived with this for 27 years. Like, they all got like- to go away and forget that it ever even happened while he had to hold it and, you know, spend the next 30 years looking for signs that it's coming back. Like, like high alert for 30 years. 
Yeah, I mean, that's definitely like a hundred times more <laughs> horrible than what they've gone through. <laughs> they got to go away, be successful, and forget about it. Although Fev didn't exactly live a great life, but. <laughs> and, you know, none of them had kids. I don't know what that means. Because there's just no way that's not coincidence. Or, or there's no way that's coincidence because seven people, there would have been at least, what, probably 10 kids in there at a minimum. Yeah, I wonder. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. It's it's been a while since I've read it, but don't they mention that somewhere in it? Uh, I think Mike mentions it maybe to Bill or maybe in one of the interludes at some point that none of they all they're all successful at what they do, yet none of them have any offspring. So yeah, it's like there's a trade-off. There's and, and I feel like that's definitely connected in some way. Like maybe this like saying you're you have unfinished business somewhere and you cannot procreate until that business is finished yeah that's what i was gonna say like they they can't have kids because that would maybe not they wouldn't come back maybe if they had kids yeah or like if they have kids they'll lose whatever ability that they had child and they would transfer it to their child so instead of being able to fight and defeat the spider at the end then they would you know or they, it would yeah. pass on to their kids or something as a result. Spider at the end. I don't know what that is. What <laughs> well, we also just mentioned that they talk about them not being able to have kids somewhere along the line. So, I guess it's, uh, I think that's the if point you don't know there's a spider at this point, then you know, keep reading. I guess <laughs> there will be a spider and a turtle somewhere in the next 600 pages. Um. So I don't know. I don't know that I have a lot to say about building the dam. I mean, Ben's definitely ingrained architect. And I think, so Eddie's flashback is where Richie shows up, I think. Oh, by the way, uh, Eddie's driving in a limo, of course. And he... Uh, oh, is it the sign? <laughs> yep. I wrote that down too. <laughs> <laughs> Well, oh, it, I noticed how it didn't say lottery or liquor store, but it made oh, me no. want to Sorry, finish what you were going to say, though. <laughs> yeah, it made me want to drink and game. That's all. Well, no, we didn't actually say what you saw. Oh, uh, sorry. Uh, Boston's <laughs> well behind him now, and the fog is starting to burn off. Ahead is Maine, New Hampshire, all northern New... It's ahead is Maine, New Hampshire, all northern New England points. Yeah, so I wrote that down. Have a New Hampshire sign without saying lottery and liquor. But I said if that sign, oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> if that sign is real, we probably have seen that. <laughs> right. Well, I feel like there there are definitely signs on the highway that are like Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine, you know, Massachusetts, depending on what state you're in. Allie, have you made it up that have you been up the that way? I haven't made it to Banger. Um I well, uh, my, let's say like, Maine, New Hampshire, Boston area. Have you made it that far? Oh yeah. She was just in Maine. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, well it's that short term memory, what can you do? <laughs> no, uh, did yeah. we talk about the signs last week or last time? I don't think um, we've gotten to Richie's part, so we wouldn't have heard Eddie's part. We're in New Hampshire for what twenty minutes, Amber, and there's at least five signs that say lottery and liquor this exit. Mm-hmm. So and it's I, like a, 
it's like a half a mile, you know, strip. Like it's like not like there's a big uh, like commute. You know what I mean? Like a big center or something like that. It's like a little rest stop. And there's so many of them. Like Jesus, these people must really need to drink yeah, and gamble. Like every three exits, like they really yeah. like drink and gamble in New Hampshire. They have the duty-free liquor stores. What oh, they do. Tax-free. Oh, oh, so that they're trying to get income from that. Okay, that so makes people sense. are coming from Maine and uh, boss uh, Massachusetts to uh, buy liquor in New Hampshire. Or anyone traveling through, they're like, hey, you can get liquor here. <laughs> yep. Right. Maybe we should stop. <laughs> you know, next time maybe we should actually stop and drink and gamble and see how that goes. <laughs> actually, I mean, I'd be down for that. <laughs> you know, I don't know maybe Experience. the drinking might not work out so well. We could do some scratch. <laughs> um, okay. One thing that I wrote down about when they're in the Barrens building the dam, I was like, when they're joking around before they start building it, I was like, I felt a strange feeling at first and I couldn't really figure it out. And it kind of ties into what we were saying before. I was like, oh, this is one of the first moments where there's actually like, like they're having a good time. They're not in fear of their life. They're not in fear of something else. Like they're not in danger. They're just guys having like joking around, having fun on a Saturday or whatever. And I was like, it's so weird to have like to feel good for these characters when it's just constantly fear. <laughs> yeah. It's almost amazing that they have that capability, especially. Uh, oof, I forgot how bad Neibolt Street was. My God. Uh, I don't know why they keep going back to these places. <laughs> yeah, and what does Bill do? He's like, let's go check it out. Richard's like, let's go look at the picture. Let's go look at the house. No. Why do you um, need to prove it? <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of with Ben on that. Like, no, no, I'm good. Uh, what do you mean, do? I don't want to do anything. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, Stan's... That, maybe that's the reason Stan had to die, though. Maybe that's why he couldn't come back, because he wasn't really willing to help in the first place. Yeah, Stan was, like, the weakest link. He, he was the one, obviously, but in retrospect. Uh, like, he was the one who didn't want to believe, and they had to talk. Remember, they're all like, he's like, no, and they're like, yeah. Oh yes, no. Like they had to like, like well, almost rein them in to make them accept the uh, the truth of it and what they had to do. I know we're not there yet, but I really like like I don't and I didn't remember this from before, and it, I think it gives us a lot more perspective into why Stan killed himself. But I really, really like his bit like at, like while he's telling his story and what he says about being offended he's like there are worse things than fear because there are things that are offensive to your nature of being like once you accept like once you open that door to accept that things are not the way that they should be then your reality could be gone before you know it and he's like i'm not i can't do that <laughs> i read i read that part last night and i kind of meant like at first I'm like what do you mean he was offended and then when you keep reading it you're like you know what it's perfectly worded almost yeah. was my thought because because in Stan it offends Stan's sense yeah of, of the world of reality of the way things are yeah and like yeah exactly like if you accept that then everything you know is gone and, mm -hmm. and it, it, it offends your your sense of of you of reality of the world around you yeah like it's it's it, I, I like you said. I think Stephen King did a fantastic job with that section. <laughs> he had some I mean, all of them. But... And, uh, this one too. <laughs> I think some of the Richie stuff was like ten pages of Who Cares. But... 
Oh, I definitely, there are paragraphs where I'm like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Like you can gloss over the whole thing. You're like, nothing important, got it. <laughs> yeah, there was, there was, I gotta tell you, those paragraphs I just kind of glazed over. I was like, oh, good thing I've read this before. <laughs> like, I, I can get to gist without going word for word. Um, and then, uh, so they, oh, it, Sorry, one thing real quick about Eddie in the beginning of his section, he says, I think this is when he's a kid too. He says it's not a virus or a phantom fever. So like he can clearly recognize that some of the illnesses are not real. I don't know if that's because people are just starting to tell him or if he suspects it himself, but I just feel bad for him. uh, He's known. Okay, so Eddie and the, um, what is it, a respirator, aspirator? It is definitely psychosomatic and and he 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 throws these little like every time he goes to use the respirator it's when he gets aspirator i don't know what the word is but uh, um it's 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 inhaler well yeah that might be better word for it every time he goes to use it it's when he's stressed out so there's definitely a tie-in to when he starts to get anxiety he starts hitting it so uh, like it's it's not every time something happens like he hits the uh inhaler Right, he's using it like to soothe like a panic crutch. attacks. It's, it's like a security blanket. Right. And even as an adult, where he's known for I don't know, twenty-seven years, uh, let's say, they, it ain't it's nothing but, uh, but I mean, hydrox. He still uses it. That's the same as people like people with extreme OCD, where you know logically if like you know you, you don't have to tap the doorknob three times or the, the house will set on fire but your brain still tells you like that's actually going to happen <laughs> i mean knowing that it's all crap doesn't stop you from seeing it right mm-hmm. kind of like well we'll get to that too and as um, we've learned uh i think from almost all of them now it's not so much what you use to help you fight Pennywise, it's just how much you believe it will work. <laughs> I wrote that down somewhere on one of the sides of the page. It's like belief is the key. I think it I think it was Stan reciting the bird name. It's like it's all about belief. It doesn't matter what your weapon is, as long as you believe that weapon is gonna work. For I think for and, me it started with Mike, because that was when I first maybe it was before that, but that was when I first noticed when he was like all hope was lost with the bird and then he was just like you know what? Why am I afraid of this? Like, you, I'm not afraid of you. <laughs> well, Mike starts throwing projectiles at it. I, I took it more like the bird was like, "Whoa, that kind of hurts." Well, that's uh, true, but it's also a, like a ancient monster. Like, I feel like it would be you know, able to defend itself. So it was. You know, I, 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 like I guess I was thinking it was both. I feel like something that's been around for how what thousands, millions of years should probably be able to eat any of these kids without a problem. Right, that, would, that would be a much shorter book. But I think yes. that's sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just agreeing. Like, <laughs> I think that's part of what we're saying is that, like, once when you, um, I, I don't know, like, once you show that you're not as afraid, or you start to show that maybe you won't be afraid at all, like, it doesn't have the power. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's definitely a lot of that, especially uh in in the end games. And I think, you know, there's a class, isn't there a classic scene where Eddie's like, this is battery acid, you bastard. That's in the movie. This is yeah, battery yeah. acid, you slime. Yeah, I wonder <laughs> if that's in the book or if that's a movie memory. 
Yeah, well, I guess we'll find out. Matt uh, and I just Eagles. watched the original. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah. Nice. Was... Wait, I couldn't did help. Get, did you get certain people in Newtown to watch it with you? We were here. Okay, well, you know what I mean, though. No. Did your boyfriend watch it? I just said Matt and I just rewatched or watched the original. Oh, I didn't hear that part. Awesome. <laughs> Is he like not a fan? So that's a that's a big deal, right? Well, he's, he, it's not that he's not a fan. He just is not a big fan of horror because he doesn't like like being scared. So he, I asked him and I was like, okay, well, we should probably watch the first one then because the first one's not really scary. <laughs> Says you. Um, I was, what, 21 and uh, just finished reading a book when I saw that. Yeah, I guess it wasn't like pretty scary. I probably, I'm sure I spent the whole time going, no, in the book, this is what happened. This is all wrong. Oh, that's definitely what I was doing at first. And I was like, I'm sorry, I need to stop. And I was like, but I just read this section. Like, why did they change that detail? That's so strange. Although Tim Carey is pretty awesome. I mean, that, that's... His Pennywise, I just, uh, it's, 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 I, like I mean, I love Bill Skarsgård too, but they're just very different. Like, and I get that Scar, yeah, like the Tim Carey one at first, I could see Georgie laughing with. Skarsgård one, I was like, mm, no, I don't see anything warm or fuzzy about that clown. <laughs> And maybe the intervening years have soured me on the whole clown thing. I don't. I don't. That's probably part of it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Tim Curry's just. Well, plus the Tim Curry Pennywise, he just messes with them. Like he just seems like he's having a great time, like ruining their lives. <laughs> yeah, and I like the way he laughs and chuckles and it's maniacal and fun all at the same time. Yeah, like, well, and I feel like that's almost more akin with the book because, like if yeah he's trying to kill them but it almost seems to take its time and have fun with it instead of just going right in for like i'm going to murder you yeah yeah well, like he's playing with his food exactly yeah he definitely like scars guards more like the book but i just like even though like his colors are wrong i just like the whole thing like maybe he should have maybe and, and by the way I, I don't think i've ever seen a clown in a gray suit i thought that was a weird color choice I've never actually seen a clown, so... <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've seen some at carnivals, not in a long time. But, you know. I Like, mimes have that muted color palette, but I agree, clowns typically don't. Aren't mimes black and white? At least in my memory, they are. Yeah, they are. I don't know. I think I've seen one mime ever, and I, I wanted to, like, yell at him, but I didn't. <laughs> well, he wouldn't have yelled back. <laughs> well, uh, well, he would have, but it would have been with his hand. Like, I, you know, like, if I walked up and said, hey, you're an asshole, I don't know what he would have, like, would he have, like, hand tingled that I'm an asshole too? Or like, how do you, how do you get in a mind fight? <laughs> I'm actually I mean, picturing it in my head. I've seen yeah, enough cartoons funny, and stuff. Like... A bad person? Well, no, mimes aren't disabled. They just choose to do that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, the one with the more demonstrative hands wins, I guess. I don't know. Uh, anyway call off track uh, and, and can i say i've been listening you know obviously to the audio book on the way back and forth to work uh bill stutter is so much more annoying when you're listening to it than when you're reading it and what yeah. i realized is i just kind of skip over the stuttery parts when i read it in my mind and get to what he's trying to say oh i do too yeah instead of like 
saying the stuttery parts in the audiobook and and the guy's awesome man so he like you can hear him struggling to get the word out and you're like oh my god just fucking say it they're like <laughs> i actually know what they're going through i guess now in the book and i don't know it sounds bad to say but it's that it makes you uncomfortable you're like just just like you want to finish every sentence for him yeah there's a uh, um well there's a member at work actually who has a bad stutter i don't know if you know what we're talking about but uh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep it's just kind of like that where you're like i just i know what you want to say but you don't want to finish it for them because then you kind of feel bad like <laughs> and then you just sit there with like looking all like sad and sympathetic yeah. <laughs> uh, ben's lunch was a uh, quite extensive oh what's a sluice way anyway that's like the thing they open and close in the dam that lets the water in and out Right. A lot of that damn stuff. I was just like, "Cool, got it." Moving on. Yeah, I'm not sure how eleven year old goes about sluice yeah. ways. Same with the sewage system stuff. I was like, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> yeah, and some of the technical damn. I'm like, "Damn, did he do research on <laughs> a dam?" Because when he drew, draws that picture, I'm like, "I don't know what half that shit." Uh, if you need the back brace and you need the front brace and you need to put the concrete in the sides, but all we have is my rocks and mud, so that's gonna have to work for now. And, and then he must have had the thought like oh they're gonna build a dam and then he was like hmm i wonder how you build a dam he, like asked someone or looked it up and was like yeah we'll put that in there <laughs> maybe he built dams in the barrens as a kid and it never worked <laughs> and he was like you know i was gonna build a dam that would actually work what would i have to do maybe uh because i mean barrens is what 500 yards from uh his house well i guess he didn't live in that house but, uh, <laughs> 500. Wait, he didn't live in Bangor as a kid, did he? I'm not he sure. In, he lived in Lowell and somewhere else that was like, that makes, you know, Wayne look like a bustle. Uh, Metropolis? <laughs> oh, I didn't hear what you said. Uh, where he grew up, I think it was Lowell. Oh. So it makes Wayne, Maine look like a big bustling city compared to a little. Jesus. Yeah. Is that like population five? Yeah, there's like population, you know, whoever walks in the store. Yeah. Oh, wow, there's a person here. Yeah. Like, hey, what's your name? We're taking a second. <laughs> so Ben had, uh, what did he have? Two PB&Js, one bologna, an egg. Two fig bars, three chip cookies, and a ring ding. I gained five pounds just reading that. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think, I don't know. I tend to think that he, just because you're that big doesn't mean you eat that much all the time. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I, don't know. I, I didn't think... really learn about calories until the last year, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, you know, I never felt like I ate that much, but it was, it's, it's not a matter of solely of quantity. It's, it's you know quality. It's it's what you're eating and, and how much it is. So it's not necessarily that you know heavy people all eat a ton of food. They just, you just eat the wrong food, I guess. I just or don't I, get enough. I think he has no clue what it's like to be a fat person. I guess that's something. Um, I, I definitely highlighted his lunch and the further down it says. You know, Ben somehow he's gonna have to buy jeans because of Henry Bowers and the, and the thought of wasting his money on such a non-essential item casts gloom across his face. Non-essential. I hated buying clothes until I was probably in my twenties. 
I used to did I tell you that story I used to you know at Christmas all the clothes came in the same box at least they used to yeah you told me the classic rectangle box so I would put all the rectangle boxes in their own pile and all the other shape boxes in one and open all the rectangles first because you know, so I could get the clothes out of the way because I had to show them up to my parents or my dad my grandmother at some point and uh you know say like, ooh, uh, and they, they were all like hey that's awesome like great next so like you know, it, was, it was more a gift for them than it was for me and then my uncle got smart and he started putting all the toys in the clothes boxes so it, that messed me all up <laughs> so i had to stop i had to stop separating my piles because it wasn't working anymore so i i cracked up when they were like the father of you know wasting money on such a non-essential item you know as a pair of pants uh like yeah, at least i wasn't the only one that felt that way Yeah. Boy thing. So, um, <laughs> Richie and Stan show up. Like how he, he he felt. Ben's like giving orders to five people now, and he's all uncomfortable with that. And he felt like Mickey Mouse. We knew enough to get the broom started, but not enough to make him stop. Have you guys seen uh, Fantasia? Sorcerer's mm-hmm. Apprentice. That's one of my favorites. I love that team. <laughs> Especially with the music, like we'll watch that. Remember, we used to, me and your mom used to uh, uh, get unsober and watch Fantasia all the time. <laughs> this is the nicest way to put that. Like, well, no one. Like Beatles uh, unsober. <laughs> two pieces of paper about little square ones. Yeah. Um, okay, so then they start scavenging for damn pieces to <laughs> get a car door. I wonder if that's the car that, uh, you remember the flood and the person's hands? Oh, yeah. You're still attached to the steering wheel. I wonder if that's the same car. Yeah. I just love that image of like two bony disembodied hands floating down there. And like still attached to the steering wheel, I think. There's a lot of good imagery. Yeah. These microphones work really well. And here, every like piece of paper I need. I know. I keep shuffling around too. So sorry. <laughs> uh, it's whatever. We're not professionals. We don't get paid. Sure. Maybe one day. Maybe, hey, uh, yeah, I'd like to give a shout out to John Egan. Uh, he's our number one fan right now. Or our number two fan. We don't have a number one fan. <laughs> yeah, thank you. That was the, yeah, I forwarded Allie the, the last comment. Oh, I did too. I asked her for an email. Okay. I guess she got, she got doubled up. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, yours got sent to my spam folder for some reason, so I just saw it, like, <laughs> uh, Who, me? Yeah. Oh, see, you spammed me. I see how it is. I did. <laughs> Technically, you spammed her. <laughs> well, I, I mean, unintentionally, I guess. <laughs> Put me in the spam category. I need to be whitelisted. Uh, Richie got C's and D's in deportment. I don't, like, I don't really know what that means. This oh, means he's... Okay. Wait, no crap. I wrote it down to look it up. I forgot to look it up. <laughs> That's on my hit. list of words. I got halfway there. 
Yeah, there's many uh, Stephen Kingisms. I found a blue chambray work shirt. Uh, somebody's wearing a parka. Oh no, I did look it up. It's a person's behavior or manners. So, uh, so that makes sense. They sent him back to Mexico or anything. Are we? Oh yeah, he's talking. Yeah, right, right, right. This is Eddie talking about Richie. You mean? Yeah, he knew that Richie got A's and B's in his schoolwork. Yeah. Knew that Richie regularly got C's and D's in deportment. Uh, what? So he won't be an immigration officer? Like, what is that? <laughs> I guess I'm taking deport. I didn't realize there was another meaning to deportment. Well, oh, I don't think that's a word in the way that you're using it. Like, Wait. to be deported? Yeah. What would deportment, the act of deporting someone? <laughs> I mean, that's the way I took it. Apparently, I'm wrong. Word, Obviously, though. that's not the way he meant it. But uh, yeah. when I read it, I was like, what? Deportment? <laughs> I didn't know you could take classes in deportment in, you know, sixth grade. <laughs> you it feels can't. more like a college class. <laughs> I don't know if there are classes for that. That's Homeland Security. <laughs> It's probably, I, I don't know. You, you could, there's probably some, you know, criminal, you would know, you're a criminal justice person, right? Well, yeah, I just said, I don't think you take lessons for that. It would be like, there's uh, no like border security, political science, or, you know, I, to deport somebody. The, they might have their own training once you get inside. Yeah, it's called, uh, uh, what's that Nat Geo show I watch? Uh, border, 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 border wars. wars. They're always like stopping people in the uh, and searching their cars and you know finding coke in their wheel wells and stuff. Um, should we talk about Richie and some of his not so awesome voices? Are we on Richie yet? Or because we? Oh yeah, because we just met him. Yeah, because he's in Eddie's flashback. That shit gets confusing. Like, wait, the Richie? Like, like, what did Ali say? The 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 uh, someone's part was in. No, no, you said that. Ever. Oh, that Stan's part is in Bev's flashback. Right. There's there's a lot of that. It gets confusing. And you have to remember all the all the parts for their kids are them remembering as a oops. Yeah. Uh, them remembering as adults. So it, everything starts as like a single level of inception and then it gets crazier from there. Did you guys read the link I sent you about uh, where you got the idea from? Yeah, I forgot to respond. Um, I thought that was didn't actually realize it really was like the bridge in the sewer. And like, what if the bridge, like, or what if the canal went down to the sewer? Uh, it's amazing what it's a simple idea led to this giant. Uh, I don't even know what to call it. Epic tome. <laughs> uh, that seems accurate. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't actually know that it really, it really did come from him thinking about the, the the trolls under the bridge, and I guess when you really sit back and go, yeah, well, that's kind of what it, that what he started as. Uh, yeah, it grew out. Uh, I mean, I guess for for Adrian Mellon and other people, it was uh, he definitely started as the, the monster under the bridge. Uh, so anyway, Eddie has, I mean, Richie has some voices that. Richie has voices that just sound like Richie. Right. <clears throat> Apparently, he gets better. He, you know, he says that. And again, I'm doing the audiobook, but that guy is 
doesn't sound like Richie. He sounds like the voices, so I guess he's better at it than Richie is. Because <laughs> uh, he keeps saying that. It's one of them things, like in the last book, Amber, or I can't remember what it was, something we were reacting to, or Jake's reaction. We were like, no, it, we, I don't feel like that's right. That's just him making it that way because... I think that's some... My point was like, I lost halfway through it because my glasses came off. Um, uh, so I get, I get he's doing the character. I don't know. I think, I feel like even in, well, that's the thing you have to remember. I get confused whether it's 1985 or 1957. So his, his, uh, super racist voice is 1957. So I guess not that it's okay, but it was more in, line, more in line with the times. Uh, back then, I guess you would say. Um, but it's almost like, you know, why did you need to have that voice? I mean, you could have just not had that voice and it would have been okay. Yeah. I wonder if he looks back now and he, like, cringes, like, oh, why'd I do that? If, if I had to guess, I think he does. And I think that really speaks to how, I guess, uh, unfortunately, normalized it was. it probably was. Because... Yeah someone like Stephen King didn't even think twice about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, some of the other voices are possibly offensive. I mean, I'm Irish and I didn't care one bit about the Irish. I don't think it's offensive. Yeah. I, mean, I was trying to imitate the the accent. <laughs> I was doing a little bit. Uh, Jesus Christ, I'm a jumped up crotch. Yeah. 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 I'm not good at Irish of all accents. I can do other ones, but the Irish one gets me. Sean can do it, but I can't do it very I guess I should practice that. I like uh, Mr. Nell's awesome. Uh, and you can tell it's 1957 because he carries a fucking bottle of flask of whiskey around with him. The nectar of the gods, I think he called it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's the one that's like, oh uh, yeah, there's piss and shit that you're playing in. Uh, you might not want to do that. No, yeah, but we like it. <laughs> like, ew. <laughs> Uh, wouldn't there be, uh, I don't know, not some kind of order associated with that, I would think? Uh, but the, the, the gray water, what does he say? They didn't back up the shit, but they back up the gray water, which is like washing machine and pee and something else. And like sinks and, uh... Yeah. Uh, so the dam definitely had to go, but they were also mad at it. And Bill spends, um, okay, and I think this is a Stephen King thing people shriek with laughter very easily and quite often. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think they did it at least 10 times just in this part. <laughs> ben I goes noticed it more in Beverly's part, but. Yeah, it's to, all throughout the kids section. It's just like, and they all just busted out laughing. And it was like, really? Now? I guess it's than being a kid, but, you know, it's like, mm, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm overanalyzed. I'm like, I'm looking at that But I'm not 12 anymore. Either. But yeah, people street, they wear blue chambray work shirts and they like recoilless hammers. Uh, I had no idea what a blue chambray work shirt or a loon was. And, uh, but now I know it both of them. 
<laughs> I, I love the fact that we can go see a wound on the lake. And like, all I need is a rest. Um, so, yeah, I think, did I do Mr. Nell yet? Yeah, you just did. We switched, well, we just switched to. Uh, I want to get past the dam. I hate eagle. the dam. <laughs> I just want to get past the dam. I hate this section. <laughs> it's so boring. Yeah. It does get a little repetitive. It does, like I said, it does seem to take forever to actually get that part over with. This all happened in a matter of, I don't know, a couple hours. Well, it's a couple different days, I guess. Yeah, because they did go back and then, like, redo it. So this isn't the initial dam over. So it was two different things. Um, We can get past the dam. I'm fine. But I keep going back to it every time I get there because I just we're starting to talk about. I don't keep going back to it. Well, I mean, in the book, I'm just kinda, <laughs> I'm just kind of page turning, so I keep ending up back at the day. Oh, so Eddie wrote no italics. Eddie is remembering while asking. Hey, when I can't. Oh, a kid. Eddie's remembering while a kid. Oh. So that part didn't have italics, so that meant it, it, oh, I was keeping myself straight. I'm like, okay, so Eddie's remembering what he did as a kid, and then he's remembering as a kid a different thing he's remembering. So, no italics means his memory is coming from his 12 year old self, not his 37 year old self. So yeah, I had to mm-hmm. like, take notes to remember who was remembering what, even though they're all the same person. Um. Yeah, I want to get past the dam. I don't know where I have to go to get past the dam. Well, it's basically on Richie's section. Well, we still haven't talked about Eddie and the leper. Oh, true. Yeah, Eddie's section is when they start talking about the experiences that they've had. Yeah, they start sharing. It didn't even dawn on me that they've all had these different experiences and they all probably thought they were going insane and didn't know they're all doing going through the same thing. And they're all like super awful. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I would say maybe Beverly's was the tamest of all of them. And even that was, you know, great, but there was no uh, threat to direct threat to her life like the other ones had. You mean supernatural threat? Because Ben. Yeah, supernaturally. Like Bill, Bill and Richie were gonna die uh, several times. Ben, Ben, I didn't really feel a threat. He got, life. I mean, he got threatened by Bowers. That was different. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, he had the the left. Ben had the uh, the mummy. Right? Yeah. Yeah, but it didn't. It was like, more of a distant threat as an in your face threat. Yeah. Where? That was more of like a, I'm going to stop you where you stand until I slowly make my way to you. So if you have time to run away, do it. <laughs> yeah. And I think belief, I was thinking about that. This, that that whole uh, Nebo Street and uh, um, Eddie one? Corcoran, I think, and um, something else. Yeah, the, the, the common... Uh, I guess belief you would say if you don't if you don't turn around you don't acknowledge his existence you'll be okay yeah and he keeps disproving that in this book because we we've ever I, I or we did it on this podcast or different one but like uh 
we've talked about how you know reaching in to the switch and walking slowly up the dark basement stairs or or not turning around when you're walking home alone at night you know possibly through the woods all the little things that you don't do to prove to yourself that there's nothing there and you're okay and it's just your imagination running wild like in this book they're all doing those things except it's not working right it it does work to an extent yeah it does work for some of them because they're still alive like it just depends on i think how much you again how much you believe you're going to survive and like you know how much you show you're not afraid (laughs) i think it ties into that it depends on how much they believe it's still there right exactly and like, like I do, when they do look and turn around, a lot of times it's way later. Like once they're finally back at their house, or once they're finally down the street. Like, but that uh, whole scene with uh, like, Eddie Corcoran sp- and 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 Richie did, were not that. Way. Yeah, I was gonna say Richie and Bill. Like they keep thinking like they're fine in that scene, and then it's like, oh, now here comes the hand. Oh, now here comes for it. I'm like, why do you keep thinking you're okay? Go, run, leave. Yeah, it- the thing slapped him in the face. My yeah. yeah. And another point, and after that, face. he turns around and it's like right there staring at him. You're like, oh, Bill, go faster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that whole Nebold Street. Like, oh, yeah, that's why I bought that keychain because that scene was awful. And they go back, don't they? Don't they go back to Nebold to. Well, they go the back because of, I think, because of Eddie's story. Yeah, Bill and Richie go because of Eddie. No, no, I mean later, like, oh, like the, you know, it might well, be the have to. So yeah. Later when they confront it, um, I just, I gotta say, I loved everything about Meeple Street. It was so horrifying. Yeah, it's those, like, the, the scenes are just so vivid. Like, I can feel <laughs> like their hearts beating in my chest. Yeah, I lived, <laughs> like, I didn't read it. I lived it, uh, you know. Right. He has that ability, like no one else would. Like I just suspend disbelief, and the outside world goes away, and I'm just like I, I feel like I'm the character in the book. No one else does that to me the way he does. Uh, and I can't even pinpoint what it is about it. Uh, it, it I guess it's just his style. Like definitely partly his descriptiveness, like the way he can, and his ability to. It's almost poetic how he can describe things you're thinking when you didn't even realize you were thinking them <laughs> yeah yeah like like you know like ben who didn't want to waste money on jeans like oh my god that was me <laughs> you know and i wasn't much older than ben like i said when i read this so at the time you know i'm still highlighting it 30 years later i even wrote something down from that part because i said the way he thought ben hanscom blah, blah, blah. oh uh we're talking about nicknames the way he thought Ben Hanscom got to like Richie calling him Haystack. It was something like a secret name, a secret identity, a way to be people that had nothing to do with their parents' fears, hopes, constant demands. I'm like, wow, that's a fantastic way to describe a nickname. I've never thought about it like that. Like you give it's yourself a name. But you know, I get it. Well, okay, yeah. Haystack, okay. But <laughs> like just that description. It wasn't necessarily an insult because Haystack's Calhoun Calhoun wasn't that wasn't the point of what I was saying. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm just trying to. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the name. He was a wrestler, but he wasn't like an in shape wrestler. But he, he wore overalls, I believe, if I have it. Well, there was one point where someone, I think maybe it's 
Bev when they get in the fight and they were like for a moment he actually looked like the wrestler like pow- but it seemed like a not an insult it was a good thing because like he was holding yeah. the chair over his head they looked yeah. powerful he's just like a big guy he's not necessarily a big fat guy you know right so, not necessarily an insult but it feels kind of derogatory coming from Ricky that's um, and uh, I'm not sure I'm buying Eddie of all people climbing under this house into this nasty den where the hobos live and there's trash and germs everywhere. I think Eddie would have took one look at that and said, not me, and like walked the other way. But yeah. Throughout yeah. this book, they're all very investigative for some reason. And- he does say he felt pushed like there's definitely like in the same way that maybe there's some calling of good I think there's definitely a calling of bad like I think it's part of the reason why some of them also keep going back to these places I'm like what are you doing like I said why did Mike go to the scene of Eddie Corcoran's death like what the hell drew him there (laughs) yeah that was supposedly random but we all know what that means right so I think it's kind of along those lines like you almost don't have a choice yeah uh, times that they say that they're like pushed or drawn to or had a dream about this thing and that they had to go and see for themselves what was happening like there's definitely some other influence at work and whether it be Pennywise or whether it be the turtle again you know, we don't actually know but I mean yeah, is there a part where Richie or someone says why the hell did you do that and Bill's like it, it was the clown or something like that like he had no choice. It was a clown. He had to do it because of the clown. Or you, and I don't know if that meant the clown was making him do it, or he had to do it because of the clown. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Richie's section is definitely where, because like at, to this point, yes, you kind of know what's going on, especially if you've already seen the other media of this book, even if you haven't read it, but there's you definitely get more of the connecting pieces of like hey this is all intertwined and you're all being drawn together for a reason <laughs> right yeah and at this point they definitely and and even in mike's part he says something about uh i guess i think it's when his dad's telling the story like did his dad like where the strings being pulled even back then and with his dad and Derry, so mike could be here now something like that Right. Like, how far back does you know the web go? That happening even back then. Yeah. Uh, I'd have to say it probably was because the turtle's been around as long as the uh, spider, right? It seems very book. random, though. That because I mean that he w- he would have been around then too. Uh, you like can make in 1930. So it's like what this group of seven kids in the 1958 is the only one that can defeat him. <laughs> Maybe they're the only ones that talked about it. <laughs> because they all shared their. You guys laugh. I'll never hang with you. That's how he talks in the thing. He's like, you can feel him struggle. Yeah, it's like Bill shares, but then he's very worried about their opinion. You guys telling. And then he, I think they both. Yeah, he's crying over Georgie, and he's like, "Don't if you tell me when he cried, I'll, you know, I'll kill you or something." And Rich's like, "Dude, your brother just died. Nobody right. cares if he cried." Like, some of his, and it, 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 
it's like echoes of uh, Stand By Me, where they're all very worried about looking like what, what was it? Don't be a pussy, I think, in that book. Oh, there's a lot of that, especially even with Bev, and I'm sure it's being well. One, Stephen King doesn't know how a girl thinks, and two, um, <laughs> being the yeah. only girl in a group of boys, like it's a lot of like, oh, I can't, I can't show them I'm crying, or I'll, they'll think I'm like every other girl. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but yeah, like the boy parts are very relatable. The girl parts. Sometimes I'm like, eh. <laughs> I don't think I think he's guessing. Like, I don't think he asked his wife. Well, he probably did. He <laughs> can almost tell. Yeah, I mean that being said, his first book was about a girl. So yeah, um, I mean it's we haven't really gotten too much of Bev anyway. So it's been. Well, that's what I was thinking. Like Bev was almost becoming Susanna before they actually did something from her perspective. Four hundred mm-hmm. pages. In. <laughs> One question I have real quick about Eddie was, do you think the first encounter with the hobo, do you think that was just like a real like leper? Or do you think that was also Pennywise like starting his game? Uh, I wrote down a question that pretty much asked that. Is the first, is the original hobo have anything to do with Pennywise? Or is that just a hobo? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I feel like that's just a hobo. Because it mentions in like several of the parts that there is this transient community within Derry. And I mean, there are these horrible things in the world in general. So the fact that, I don't know, it's, I, it could go either way. But I no, feel I, like for the most part, that's probably an actual situation that he just happened to be in. But it shaped what Pennywise became for him. Because right, anytime yeah. Pennywise shows up, there's always some sort of connection to the orange pom pom. Yeah, he kind of becomes orange. whatever scares them the most. Exactly. Yeah. I, I would be. But I, I mean, I do hobos so. generally go around offering to suck little kids' dicks for uh, ten cents or whatever? He may not have been sober. <laughs> I'd probably not. <laughs> Still. <laughs> Meaning, like, or if he was just out of, out of his, his mind. mind. If he was out of his mind with like fever or disease or something, and that impacted his thoughts too. Yeah, uh, he did say he probably had syphilis. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is a uh, a brain eating disease. So yeah, maybe it makes sense. Uh, I don't. I don't know a lot of hobos, so next time I see one, I'll get all. Well, I guess I was a hobo for a while. All I have to do is be homeless, right? And addicted to something. Uh, by the way uh, Pennywise again 316 for me I don't know what page is for you guys uh, introduces himself as Bob Gray Gray, Mr. Gray are you starting to pick up on that now? Uh, yeah (laughs) so that that... who is uh, because I haven't I mean, I've read a decent amount of King's works, but not enough to know all the lore and backstories and stuff. So who is Bob Gray in his universe? Green Why do you do that? Oh, I'm going to go to the bathroom real quick, sorry. <laughs> Damn, you really hate that book, don't you? Um, Bob Gray, have you read Dreamcatcher? No. There's a guy, he, Mr. Gray is like the ultimate bad guy uh, in order to explain what I think about I think him and Pennywise come from the same place 
uh, originally. But Pennywise keeps calling himself Bob Grace, and now I'm wondering if they're the same person. So if they are, then that means Pennywise is also the bad guy in Dreamcatcher. Uh, so it's kind of a, a well, no unintended gray area there. <laughs> or maybe there is a maybe there is a pun intended. I, I kind of like that. Yeah. So okay. Either because I know he remember, Nexus works a lot. So I can see what Amber thinks about that. Like, do you remember we were talking about fully? Do you remember Toad Ash? We were talking about that last time. Yeah, from Desperation. Yeah, how he's a Toad Ash monster. I think him. Pennywise and Mr. Gray all come from the, that same in-between world, demon-infested place. Okay. Uh, but the fact that he keeps calling himself Bob Gray kind of means that Pennywise is also the the the. I won't give anything away. Uh, the bad guy in that book, which makes it, and he wrote that book almost 20 years after uh, it so mm. it's, it's like was he thinking that then or did he go back and like go through it and just pick the name out and you know do it that way <laughs> maybe I mean like a lot of people have called it his kind of master thesis or magnum opus of horror so if he's mm. want to add in all these connecting ties I could see this book as being one of those starting places for him of like oh, okay so if all this you know if this master evil comes from dairy what is branching out from dairy and how is it doing that definitely a bad place <laughs> amber uh what do you think does that mean Pennywise is the bad guy in Dreamcatcher? it almost has to right um I think that would mean that Stephen King plans ahead, which we all know he does not. (laughs) I don't think he did. I think he, like I just said, I think he went back and remembered the name and plucked it for the book. I don't remember Dreamcatcher well enough. I don't, I can't answer that, honestly. Remember Duddits is like, watch out for Mr. Gray. Mr. Gray is like the... No, I know, I remember, you told me. (laughs) But I don't, I don't think it's that, I don't know, maybe. Honestly, I don't like Dreamcatcher, so I don't really care much, to be honest. <laughs> You're in the tabby camp. I like I like most of Dreamcatcher. I didn't like the end. I didn't like the chase. I liked all the Jonesy stuff. I love that stuff. Where he's are, he's hiding the things in his head, and he's hiding in his head from the thing in his head, and he's having this whole back and forth. Pretty neat. Yeah. Um, okay, so I, I don't know. For me, Mr. Gray is really significant that he calls himself that. I think he probably thought it was nothing at the time, or I don't know, who knows what he thought. And then, like, he, he said, he went back. the name again and then go, oh shit, I used that before, didn't I? You know? No, 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 I don't think he did that. Well, he could have, who knows? We should ask Robin. Oh, he has fact checkers who got jobs because they kept writing them letters. They got this wrong, got that wrong. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, who says that you shouldn't complain about everything they did wrong? <laughs> um,. Okay, and uh, the fact that Eddie, when he's under the porch, is able to like run, 
or is it Ben? Wait, someone runs into the the, the lattice work under the porch and busts through it. Now, how do you do that when the porch is what maybe a foot tall, maybe two foot tall? How do you get that? You can't run at it. So I'm, I was like, how like tall is under the porch at this place? Because it's it's got to be pretty. Uh, um, decently sized to be able to run at something, right? Um, and then, yeah, I mean, maybe it was on an incline. I don't, I don't know. I guess we were thinking that. But, um, to be honest, I didn't really. It doesn't matter. <laughs> God, burn under the porch. There's a lot of under the porch going on in his book. <laughs> so I wrote it down. How deep is under the porch? And he's standing. Michael Landon is the wolf man that cracked me up. There's a little house in the prairie. I guess you guys, do you guys know anything about him or that? No. Uh-uh. It was a show in the 70s, and he's like the all-American good guy raising the family on the farm kind of thing. And uh, see him as the wolf man. That's completely a different character. So, when we want, oh, he calls it an aspirator. Aha. I knew I got that from somebody. <laughs> I like how Ben says he wasn't. All, I saw the clown, only he wasn't like you said when I saw him. He wasn't. He wasn't all gushy. He was. He was dry. <laughs> uh, like because in Eddie's Eddie's version, he was you know a leper, which I guess is. I didn't properly picture how maybe much his skin was falling off. So he was wet and I guess slippery when Eddie saw him. So he was a uh, dry mummy. And this whole thing with oh, one thing about the dam and the barons, um, when the cop shows up and uh, they're like, "We like it here." Basically, they don't have to worry about anyone else and, and the outside world, and they could just be themselves. Like I thought that was completely relatable because we had spots like that as well where we just went when we didn't want to deal with anything else outside of that little you know we had a little track we built in the woods that we used to hang out and we wanted to get away from people so I, I thought that made a lot of sense even though they're playing in shit water and, and whatever it, it also uh, was very relatable how it was the place to get away from the world yeah and they frequently refer to it from then on as their place too like that's our place you don't think they like an underground fort it's later on I don't know Where they hide from Henry or something I have a big memory of it um and we go alright so Georgie's room um so what I learned was my memory was from the movie again because in Georgie's room, Pennywise came kind of running at the picture, didn't he? And then he like jumped on the the flagpole. Yeah, something like he, that. And he was yelling at them, and he was like, "Gonna die! You're all gonna die!" The Tim Curry voice. Yeah. Oh, I vaguely remember that. They uh, yeah. in, in the. Um, so the book was a little bit different. Uh, I like the way it just kind of starts 
slowly. I guess slowly the cars start moving. The guys, the guy's jacket flap actually finishes its. Uh, what does he say? Finishes its flap after thirty years of waiting or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then they're in the picture, so that was different. Like, oh, that's much more terrifying. And then that and uh, um, when uh, Richie sees the werewolf, it has it's it's his name. The jacket says his name on it. Yeah. Like I don't know exactly what that means, but that's just it's like a psychological terror. <laughs> yeah. You will be attacked by the werewolf and also be the werewolf. <laughs> yeah, and that werewolf wasn't playing, man. It was like, oh, and, and remember, I said like, if Henry would have caught Ben, he would have killed him. Ben actually says that somewhere in this part. Like, it may have started out as beating his ass, but he's like, if he'd have caught me, he'd have killed me. For like, sure. Like, the werewolf's the same way. It, it they would have died, and not, it, it's almost like well. What did you expect, Stu? Uh, that's what I'm saying. Why do you keep, especially after the thing with the al- the photo album? I'm like, seriously, seriously. <laughs> yeah. So you know, like, there's no doubt now. You both saw that. So you know. Although I think Richie tries to deny it to a point. Yeah, he keeps saying like, "Oh, it's a hallucination. I it didn't happen." Yeah, I don't know what I saw. Uh. And, but. I mean, at that point, it's like, okay, something's happened. Um, For them to both see it together, too, I think this is the first time where something's happened with two or more. Yeah, and did you ever notice how everything intersects Witcham Road, no matter what road it is? Even the the black spot. Something about the end of Witcham, I was like, goes all the way out there? Oh, and he also says the black spot is Memorial Park. So we know where the black spot is. Yeah. I was having trouble picturing the black, like, I don't know. I can picture Memorial Park, obviously, because I've seen it. But I'm trying to picture, like, a a shanty, what is it, a tin woodshed uh, on fire in the middle. I was having trouble with that. Uh, Well, it's a completely different landscape. Yeah, I know. Oh, but yeah. And so, so Witcham Road, what is what in front of Jamie's house? Is that Witcham Road? I don't know. I don't remember. Because remember that they were or Stu. Well, no, Jamie was next to Stu. So, like the if, if the black spot ends at Witcham Road, or Witcham Road ends at the black spot, or it goes to the black spot, then that had to be one of them. He's probably. So I think I'm overthinking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, although Mike and Henry are neighbors, that's got to be awkward. And there's history there. His dad had, uh, you know, oh Butch Bowers is crazy as shit house rat, as they say. <laughs> Mike's dad had a stick of gum to his face. I like how Henry's dad is mad. Not that he did that, but that. Like a black guy did that. That, that he lives in a world where that's now gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. What do you guys think about the werewolf? 
Uh, oh, wait. We're at Nebo Street. I, I. Did we get there yet? We skipped well, over the whole confrontation with Bowers. We're doing the house at Nebo Street. I'm in that chapter and he's talking about fucking Mr. Nell again. So it keeps going back to the tail. <laughs> Who's talking about Mr. Nell? Because I'm. What? I said, who's talking about Mr. No? Uh, on this page, Richie is. He's do, it, and they're still doing the damn narrative. So I moved on to, I guess, part eight. eight. Well, so. no, one time, so the werewolf happens right before Bev's section. So, like, we, we, I mean, it doesn't really matter, but they have, they go, they have a whole thing where they go to the movies and they see, they meet Vic Bowers again and they run yeah, from them. So, uh, yeah. That was also different because, yeah, I was remembering Richie dumping a soda on him, and that never happened. That's the movie, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that whole fight was. Henry's not a very good fighter because all so far he's been in two fights and he kind of gets his ass kicked both times. <laughs> you would think a bully well, would be at least a little better at it. Like that, that most people fight, probably don't fight back. Oh, I guess that's part of bullying, yeah. Intimidation is the key. That's what they say, right? Most bullies are, you know, if you stand up to them, doesn't always yeah. work. Um, it, yeah, but like the the alley, I guess you call the alley fight was mostly uh, Victor, Chris, and and Belch swinging at them. Henry was just kind of getting his ass put on the ground and then getting put on the ground again, and he never got up. Mm-hmm. Like these. Yeah. Yeah, the three of them all were fighting Ben and Richie. <laughs> That's when Ben just was like, you know, Ben Rage, Ben Hulk, Hulk Smash. Yeah, I just read this. <laughs> Until this moment, Ben had been terrified. Now something in him snapped. He let out a roar and grabbed one of the garbage cans. <laughs> it's that protection in Beverly. That's what happened. Yeah. Beverly was being yeah. threatened. It was okay to threaten Ben. He could be terrified, but now you're threatening Beverly. Uh-uh. Nobody threatens Beverly. Because <laughs> he's both in love with her and terrified to be near her at the same time. The the whole like Richie could tell something was wrong with him in the movie theater, and it, was, <laughs> it wasn't what he thought it was. It was he was what did he say? So close to her proximity, he couldn't take it or something. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, he 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 said several times on Ben versus like dual nature of life where it's both the most exciting thing that could ever happen and the most terrifying thing that could ever happen <laughs> I think at one point he kisses him on the cheek and he goes home and replays that in his mind like the rest of the night or something oh and it's after the fight sorry I'm looking through it now where they get I don't remember if Bowers called oh yeah no Bowers calls them the losers club and then he says the losers club gets off a good one <laughs> Oh, I'm. You know what? I'm just skimming through that because I saw Richie. I thought Richie was the first mention of it, so it was actually Bowers. I thought it was. I, I thought like was Richie saying, "Get off a good one." Was saying like, "Hey, we did something funny," or "Hey, we did something good." Funny. Mm-hmm. Get and Richie speak. Uh, get off a good one was delicious. Yeah. Uh, did you see uh, Maybe it was yeah, the, loser, the Losers Club gets off a good one Richie yelled exuberantly Waka yeah, waka waka 
for some reason I had it that someone that he had called them that before as an insult and then they took over, but I don't see that, so never mind. Maybe it was Richie. I mean he might have. Maybe it was earlier though, like in the Barons when he was first chasing Henry or something. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. I'm very uh the whole Richie um being in Georgie's room and well, first of all, the whole Bible rant cracked me up. Did you guys guess that? About how the Bible was the most fun thing to read because of all the death and destruction. Yeah, that uh, seems odd. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think he's Stephen King's the biggest fan. <laughs> uh, in fact, I think he's not a fan at all. Uh, but that was kind of cracking me up. And so my point was, Rich, the whole Richie going into Georgie's room and the the uh, finality of death kind of smacking into him. He didn't really get it until that point. You know, there would be, you know, Georgie would never learn to color in the line. He would never do this. It would, this, this was it. This was a story for her. There would never be any more report cards or whatever they call it. I forget what it's called. Uh, that, uh, to me, was very relatable because I, and my grandmother died. I went through a lot of the, the finality of it. Your story's done. There's there's nothing else to add to it, and there never will be ever resurgent. Uh, that was that was something. Uh, my mom died. Of it. The finality of it, a lot like Richie did. Again. There's a lot of reasons I like Stephen King. Mm -hmm. Really, um, some stuff like that. So, mm. Is that too deep? Damn, I feel like I shut everybody up. No, I just don't. I mean, it, it is deep, but it's also supposed to be a deep part of it, kind of. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's you know, not like it's a happy story. <laughs> Like I said, it was, you know, it's no joke when I say that he, you know, he got me through when, when I, I, I dove with Stephen King. Uh, you know, because of things like that. There were times between him and Pink Floyd, I felt like they were talking about it. It was in my teenage years. Um, so, I don't know how, I thought I left Bill's group. It's going to be back in there. <laughs> yeah, uh, Richie wants to go see the book. Yeah, oh, yeah. We are past that. We were uh, after the fight. Uh, oh, by the way, I love Richie's dad. And that was one of the, <laughs> yes, was one of the I do sections too. that I didn't really need. It was like 10 pages of him bickering with his parents. But yeah, just, first of all, the name you know, went worth closure. Just found it sounds like a dentist. If I had a dentist, that would be his name. Actually, I do have a name, and that's not his name. That would be cool. Uh, he's like, What does he say when your parents have you by the balls? What can you do? Or something like, Well, he's got a point, though. He's, I guess he's teaching them a lesson. Like, well, I give you your allowance. Clearly, I must have forgotten if you spend it, if you don't have it. <laughs> Yeah, um, Ellie had mentioned that to me yesterday. She was like, his dad. I forgot how funny his dad is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and 
Wait, are we at? So after, um, definitely get to the fight. After uh, the fight is what Beverly's part, right? Uh huh. Well, the werewolf. So I was mildly surprised to see Beverly's mom show up. I wrote that down too. I was like, so her mom is there. Okay, now we know. And she's got a weird name, Efrida or some shit. I forget. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, wait a minute. Okay, so two things. I guess we're on Beverly. Well, okay. It doesn't matter. Like, we skipped over the werewolf now, but... <laughs> well, we kind of talked about it before, though. Yeah, we yeah. And the werewolf's kind of I mean, there. Just... I don't know that I need to face the werewolf directly, other than... Yeah. It really tried to eat them. I'm pretty sure. It was scary, and they shouldn't have so... done that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how bad I forgot how bad it actually was. Like, like oh, these scenes. But yeah, so... I guess I, I I was relating more to the movie because I haven't actually read the book in so long. Uh, I, in the book, they're much more uh, edge of your seat horrifying uh, than they are in the movie. It's, it's especially if you're thinking of the Tim Curry movie that I just watched. The effects in that are awful. So. Well, well, like, <laughs> Like everything Ben went through to get rid of Henry, it just kept going, you know. And he's like, "What well, was they ever end?" Everything they went through to get rid of the werewolf, it just kept coming. Like he turns, they get out of the house, and he's like, "Surely, it, it, we're outside now. I gotta be safe." And the things are right under. They can hear its loafers of all things slapping mm-hmm. the um, pavement. So the there's one... a, a loafer wearing werewolf running down the middle of the street in a Derry high school jacket named Richie Tozer. Smacking the back fender of the bike, like Jesus, Christ, just get away already. One, uh, um, one thing that I took away that we should take away from the section though is another instance of, do you believe it? It will work because he uses the sneezing powder on him, and it's like uh, maybe it really does work on these whatever interdimensional, intergalactic being beings, but like sneezing powder shouldn't be something that would stop Pennywise in his tracks. I cracked up. I thought that shit was funny. Yeah. I was reading Like, they're killing it with a gun, trying to, and that's not working, but sneezing powder does? Yeah. Okay. Bill shot him three times. I can just see him, like, blowing it in his face and, like, just stop him for a second. What the fuck? And then start sneezing. I can just picture it. Yeah. Yeah. The absurdity of it. And it, you know, I could see it working. It was so absurd. Why wouldn't it sneeze? Because Richie believed it would. Exactly. Uh, so I guess, yeah, the, the scenes are just so much more intense in the book, I guess. But I, I let myself forget that. Oh, for sure. Like, the, this is this is not a hard book to read at all because each scene, is you're just like, you can't put it down. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason it's one of the top two, I guess. I, well, top, I, don't, I don't know if I can go top two. <laughs> I can go. I can go. It, the Stand and the Dark Tower series, but that's all I have. And not in no particular order for anything. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So Beverly's dad um, is much worse in the book, uh, and Beverly has a mom in the book. So there's no. First of all, I always thought it was kind of vague. I, I remembered it like it was vague whether he was actually hitting her 
or not. It, it was, it's, I remembered it as one of the things that was implied but never directly stated. So that's out the window because he's showing up with bruises. I never thought it was vague about bruising. I thought what wasn't clear was if she was he was sexually abusing her or not. Yeah, that's yeah. always what I thought was vague too. Because there yeah, was always whole... that like leer, but never the actual act of which. Hopefully, that's you know something that Stephen King wouldn't even touch, despite all the horrors that he writes about. But I I haven't read enough of his work to know if that's something that he actually covers in any of his books but it's just so horrific to think about i don't think there's any topic that he would necessarily stay away from yeah i mean he pulled rage off the shelves after well okay that's true (laughs) i think but i can't really think of a scenario now that you mention it there's a character in billy summers that is that kind of person and not the protagonist obviously right uh, he's I mean actually, there's he's kind of like if I had to draw a real world comparison I would say he's like the uh, head of Fox News who's also into little girls and he gets what's coming to him kind of thing Okay. So he's yeah. like a giant media mogul, and I'm reading it, and I'm, I'm, lo- I'm laughing, which sounds horrible to say, but it, 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 it's about his politics that book time, because he's taking someone that I know he hates in real life and turning him into a character in a book, and kind of making the child molester and then dealing with him. So it was like it was almost like him living out his fantasy of what he would do to the real life person. Yeah. Uh, so other than that, I don't know that he confronts directly and it, it, it it's a little uncomfortable in that because he's there's a whole scene where he's setting the guy up and pretending to be a client to get this guy uh, people that he can do that to uh, so they're faking that they're one of those people so the, the whole setup is uncomfortable to read no doubt right um but you know, then, then what happens still makes it okay in the end, I guess. Um, but it, yeah, I don't, I don't, I can't think of an instance other than that that he's uh, confronted it. I don't think. I'm well, sure for, after reading this section, the impression that I got was that there is not, has not been sexual abuse, but like the line is very shaky it may be coming right it may be that maybe that's more to say maybe there's definitely the physical abuse and in the 50s i you know hell you owned your kid you could do what you wanted right and you probably wasn't the only one getting beat i guess at least i hope not that unfortunately even today (laughs) yeah yeah well i also got the sense with her dad that like in the movies I thought she drank and that's why he was kind of extra cruel to her but in the book they say he has no vices he doesn't smoke he doesn't drink you know he should live forever type of thing and I get the impression that they were saying if he did do any of those things it would be so much worse so it's a good thing that he didn't 
It almost seems like she should almost... be someone to drink because he fucking beats her. <laughs> it's like normal right. people are not supposed to do that. Right. Yeah, I was surprised by that too. The movie. What do you mean he doesn't drink? Jesus. Like, I'm, and, and he's almost like a parallel to Frank Dunning. I was from, thinking that too. From uh, 11 63. Frank Dunning is him, but he drinks. Like the the violence well, never stays the same; it escalates. We don't learn a lot a lot about Bev's dad, but Frank Dunning was also like charming on the outside to a lot of people. Yeah, I don't get the impression he was very charming. Yeah, he seems very dry. He just worries a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and that, that he punches. There's a sedictive, a, a sadistic what? protectiveness that I just I can't stand. Like. Yeah, Ugh. he's so good at that too. Um, and yeah, but th- there's a part where he, when he's telling her he was, like, in the book. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. No, it's. I'm actually on that page. It's. I worry about you, Almar. Said I don't think you're ever going to grow up, Beverly. Uh, you go running out. You don't do hardly any of the housework around here. You can't cook. You can't sew. Half the time you're off on a cloud someplace with your nose stuck in a book, and the other half you've got papers and some word I don't know. Murgrims, Migrims. Uh, I don't know what that is. <laughs> but yeah, his hand swung and spatted painfully against her buttocks. And then, like, he hits her in the arm and hits her in the stomach. Yeah, is that she just where it landed, or, you know, or was is there a sexual thing there? Oh, I think it was, like, supposed to... I took it as a spank, like a, well, abusive, you know what I mean? Like, like a belt over the butt kind of thing. I guess you'd say physical abuse, not sexual abuse. Right. Yeah. Yeah, when I first read it, I was like, oh, hold on. So I was like, that changes everything. And then I was like, well, it's kind of a, kind of gray. From what I remember about the remake, at least of the movie, it it definitely seemed more sexual. Like he was worried about her growing up and outgrowing him, and leaving him and going and being with other men. Versus in the book, he's like, I'm concerned that you're not turning into a woman who would do well for her husband. Right. Not in a sexual manner, but in a manners manner. I think um, you're gonna make me look bad. <laughs> Heaven forbid. Yeah. Right. Worry, worried about the, the you know you have to go to different churches and shit when you start doing stuff in a small town. <laughs> um, I think the book and the the movie the the, the kitchen or the bathroom sink is pretty close. Yeah, it's almost dead on because I, I just watched that movie and I'm picturing it as I'm reading it. I'm like, this is scary. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally picturing both movies actually as I'm reading it. There's no way not to. I didn't realize they left it there for like days or the next day till Queen did. There was a part of me that's like, you know what? Like maybe you could put it out of your mind, but the fact that it smells like blood too is like, <sighs> oh. Oh, uh, that, that's where I learned the word coppery blood smell. Yeah. All, his, all his all his blood smells coppery. 
in every book. <laughs> uh, it does in real life too, though, so it makes sense. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe blood smells like pennies. <laughs> and then and, and again it's like the worst fears are always realized so she she's like staring at the closed bathroom door for like a day and a half unable to go in and then she goes in and oh yeah guess what it happens again well she even says that she was like i was afraid but i wasn't surprised because this is what i expected <laughs> right well, like you know it's like the house you know new street what the fuck did you expect to happen they were i think I mean, I think Bev's is one of the, honestly, you said hers is the tamest, but I think hers is one of the worst because it's in her house. Like, it's her bathroom. What is she supposed to do? <laughs> That's a good point. It's in your safe space. He's invading her safe space. Mm-hmm. Although I don't know that she feels necessarily safe in that space to begin with. But True. She, until her dad leaves. Remember, every time he turns the corner, she has like a, a weight lifts off her chest. And it's a huge sense of relief. It's horrible that, I mean, it, and I know this is how, I'm, well, I'm sure I've heard this is how a lot of abused children feel, but that, like, she, even through the abuse, I mean, she's still her father, she still loves him, and even though she does secretly kind of, like, she has that moment where she wishes something would come out of the drain and kill him, she's like, oh, I, I feel horrible that I even thought that. And it's like, no, girl, that's reasonable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, uh, there's a I guess a, a line she's walking because it's the only father she'll ever have. But, you know, I got it's weird when you realize that you know people you I guess idolized as kids aren't the greatest people in the world when you become an adult. You're like, well, that is weird. What happened to Bev is horribly traumatic. <laughs> like there's well, yeah, a yeah. difference. Well, yeah. You know? I mean, yeah, that's true. I'm not gonna try to relate anything to what happened to her because I can't do that. Um, it is, and yeah, she goes, but she goes back in the bathroom and. Why I don't understand what she's trying to do in the first place with the tape measure, like see how far the drain goes, or to see if there's any, any I guess to see if there's any possibility that there could be a kid down there. (laughs) Yeah, because she heard Veronica Grogan and I think Matthew Clements too, right? Yeah, she heard, yeah. Oh, that was another thing that I was hearing directly from the movie where it was like, I heard a tiny kid's voice, like a kid who just started to talk, where it's like, hi, Beth. And I'm like, oh my God, that's exactly what it sounded like in the movie. <laughs> uh, I don't remember that part in the movie, that directly. Uh, I remember Pennywise. Tim Curry was in the drain in the first movie, right? Well, it starts off as the kids and then it switches to the voice and they did a great job with that too because I was picturing it said it sounded old and like uh, what was the word something oh I guess I can look at it Uh, about like being clogged like it sounded the voice sounded ancient and something else it was a great description (laughs) I don't but I like how the uh... 12 year old boys learning about what sex is. Yeah. Now now the boy sounded choked and ancient and it crawled with corrupted glee. Yeah, there we go. What in ancient? Corrupted? Well, it sounded choked choked and ancient. And and still it crawled with corrupted glee. That's awesome. And that's how, like, Tim Curry sounded like like you said from the dream it was like you'll float down here with your friends Beverly 
You fuck, Beverly. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, that role is just, it's like Jack Nicholson. Yeah. By the way, before I forget, I think I have it highlighted. Did you see who, and do you know, did you recognize anybody at the black spot? Uh, no. Have you, have you read The Shining? Yeah. yeah. Who comes to save the day? Um, I can't remember it's, his name. The caretaker. It's been a while since I've read The Shining. Well, Dick no. Harlan is his name. Oh, I thought the name seemed familiar, but I didn't. It. I was just like whatever. <laughs> One of those Stephen King things. Yeah, nineteen-year-old Dick Halloran, Where in The Shining, he's like eight. But... I uh, knew that name sounded familiar. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, oh, he's the one that he never saw, or he saw the next day. The one... Dick was that... the one that, that told him, if you go that way, you're going to die. You better go this way. Yeah, right, right, and right. They, and they, like, crawl out the burning window. Oh, do you think he... I mean, do you No, think... I think Trevor was the one he never saw. Adam. Dick got through the window, and then he... Yeah, and then he never saw him again, basically. Did Dick know that because he was smart or because he has the shine? Maybe both. I mean, yeah. He definitely has the second most, the now third most powerful shine known to man. Uh, Danny's second, and what's her name is first? Uh, the one in Doctor Sleep. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. Or something like that. The little, the little black one. Begins with an A. Ada or something. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. Uh, so yeah he's got a lot of shine is, is the lesson there and uh, maybe I mean maybe just intuition if there's a b- bunch of people in the door that's not open and that doesn't seem like a good idea right yeah I mean yeah. I, I, that's why I said <laughs> but it is an interesting connection it's funny that the, the fire was blowing the windows open yet the door wouldn't open for anything I feel like there may have been a... well that's not funny that's because there's hundreds of people pushing against it yeah. Well, yeah. Then that was my first. My first reaction was like, "Oh my god, why won't the door open?" And then it's like you have to push it to, or pull it to open. Like, oh, that's such a bad idea. <laughs> so I can just picture like the people pushing against the door and the people on the outside who just had. I think he said they just stopped trying because they couldn't anymore. And it, and the fact that it's made of tin means they were cooking. roasting. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, that, yeah, again, that imagery. I think it, like, but, you know, I read this when I was, what, like, 17. That I think the, uh, at the time, I was like, oh, that's awesome. Now, now, now I'm like, oh, that's bad. Uh, it, I guess it affects me more emotionally now than it did then. I was all, I was all into it. Oh, and that scene is nothing. Like, huh? I should say, that scene is nothing supernatural either. And it makes me feel as bad as the other scenes, like, well, that, again, that's the underlying theme, I think, throughout this, well, especially the black spot part, that Derry is bad without Pennywise. Yeah. Like, he, I don't think he would succeed in a town that didn't have that underlying, what do they call it, decay and corruption and, and whatever. Rotting. I mean, maybe he would. He's just a clown, an ancient clown that eats people, so uh, I guess it would work anywhere, but it's definitely easier when you're, because he, you know, seems to feed off the, the 
corruption and, and the rot that's in some of the people as well as the fear. Yeah, I found it very interesting. I mean, I know that's at the very end, but that the he would have eaten one of the people. What he took one of the like legion members, right? The the white decency or whatever legion of white decency. Yeah. The bird came and snatched it up and ate it. I'm like, why? <laughs> an adult? <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised that it ate an adult. I gotta tell you, I was like, wait a minute. Does that mean so the adults random. don't believe in the childhood things or something? The... Right. Did he have unfinished business from 27 years ago? <laughs> Is that the same bird? Because his dad named what kind of bird it was. I forget what he said, but he was like, it was this kind of bird, but except it was 40 feet big. Uh, yeah, um, it was. Is that supposed to be the same? I guess I'm hoping it was not too. Castrol. Yeah. What? Kind of like a hawk. Yeah, it doesn't really mean anything. What they call a kestrel. Okay, he did yeah. say hawk, I think. I think he oh, said yeah. Like a hawk. He says a hawk may be what they call a kestrel. Um, but I don't it was know. big. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, and we finally get to stand. Like, geez. I feel like he like kept that pushing that back for like 300 pages. Which, again, Stan doesn't even get his own part. <laughs> well... I'm okay with that because you know fuck Stan. <laughs> I I don't know. After reading that part, I I feel a little less harsh about Stan. I don't. He didn't go through anything. They didn't go through. I after reading some of that shit, I, I see what you're saying, and, and I'm kind of my impression was if some guy that I didn't remember called me about some shit that I said when I was 11 years old I'd be like uh, yeah dude I can't uh, maybe next year I can't really do that right now we've already talked about this though he doesn't I'm, have a choice I'm just saying man that, can, that was my impression you can't just say that's the whole point he didn't have a choice <laughs> I, I I guess I guess I'm I don't I mean, again, you, the point that you make about they've all gone through traumatic things and they all still came back, that's what would be the selling point for me. It's like, hey, man, it sucks for you. I'm sorry you had to be one of the seven, but you got to save the world now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that I'd kill myself. I'd just not show up. I just ghost him. You can't not show I bet you <laughs> if he had tried to not go, he would have been killed. Something would have happened. Like, there's not a choice. Why did anything stop from killing himself then if he had to be there? I, but that's not I mean you you still have to, I guess the mm -hmm. only choice you have mm -hmm. is whether or not you live or die I got you on that one huh? like I uh, said the only choice you have is whether or not you live or die if you choose not to fulfill well I don't know because we haven't really gone into the pact that they made yet so maybe there's something in that that would have forced him maybe but again I don't get the impression there was any like any other option whatsoever um the whole visual of the kids drowning in a standpipe where there's just <sighs> nothing to grab onto and you just swim till you drown because you get tired of swimming or the child getting pulled down by their jacket and drowning in 100 feet of water yeah uh, I mean yeah oh the baby mm-hmm yeah, because I was like, oh my god, take the jacket off. I'm like, oh yeah, it's a baby. 
<laughs> maybe possibly a three-year-old, but still, that's not gonna happen. Yeah, and, and then it's almost like, well, even if you take your jacket off, you're still fucked. Like, and he's like, they're screaming, they were hollering all night. Like, I'm like damn it, Stu, run over there and save him. <laughs> the guy uh, that does the tour literally is a stone's throw from the standpoint. Is that me? My right. son. Sorry. Uh, uh, Eddie dry swallowed his aspirin. Everybody in Stephen King books dry swallows. They're really good at that. I can't do that. I need a drink. He must have been a dry swallower. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking because he was a drunk for a while, so he was waking up taking aspirin every morning. <laughs> that's so painful to dry swallow. I don't enjoy it. It involves me chewing the aspirin, and that's not a good feeling. They don't mm. taste good. Um, yeah, the uh, the quote on the standpipe, I didn't look up that meant, but I tried to ask Google. It, it involved typing, and I was laying in bed, so I didn't get involved in all that. <laughs> and he doesn't say what it means, asshole. He's like, look it up if you don't. Yeah, my opinion was like, well, it can't be that important. Yeah. <laughs> and it was about birds, so I was like, you know, I feel like Stan should have seen the bird. Like, I don't know why he did that. What, for Mike? Um, yeah, why, why did Mike, like, Mike could have seen the dead kids and Stan could have seen you. I feel like that would have worked better. Or maybe it was, I don't know, maybe it was too obvious to have the bird guy see the giant bird. <laughs> Well, Stan's not afraid of birds, though. Like, I mean, I'm not saying Mike necessarily was either. I don't really know. It would have ruined Stan at a whole different level than it ruined Mike, you know? Because that's Stan's thing. And he would I don't know that he'd been able to look at a bird again after that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Watching them, I like how he was watching them. The brains weren't big enough to talk, but they sure looked like they were talking. He was watching like the Blue Jay argue with the other ones and like shovel yeah. them off. I and mean, he was strutting around like it was his little spot. <laughs> like I was I, again, I was just like seeing that as he was talking about it. And I was cracking me up. I'm picturing I, sitting know, on that bench, looking at the yeah. bird bath. <laughs> I'm sure he had a pair of binoculars and he did exactly that. Yeah, exactly what Stan was doing. Uh, uh, yeah, we have that bird thing on our window, and I see the birds arguing and yapping at each other all the time. Like they don't play nice together. <laughs> they may not have brains to talk, but they're they're saying something. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, uh, I had uh, I had to look up. I had an idea of what he was talking about, but I had to look up. How would you pronounce that? Kyo, Kalio, Kyo. I don't know if you pronounce the L's or not. Music. Oh, I think it's Calliope music. Calliope. Oh. oh. Oh yes, yes. Mm-hmm. You jump to the uh, the creepy music part. Yeah, the uh, um, it's actually well, actually, I found out it's an instrument, <laughs> but that it's like that carnival music you hear, like that. Yeah, sing this song. Do yeah, the, do the, Yeah, I knew what that was. I knew the song, so I just sang the song. I was like, oh, so that's Calliope music. <laughs> I don't remember no. necessarily associating it with a carnival, but uh, apparently. No, if you hear yeah. not necessarily that song, like I looked up, I uh, heard there was a guy. So I was listening to it on YouTube while I was reading the scene, and I was like, literally felt like I was at a carnival. <laughs> If you okay. look up Calliope, Cali- what do you say, Calliope? Calliope. 
Calliope, man. Calliope ah. music. Come on, Wordsmith. <laughs> um, yeah, I knew. I just knew the song. So I like how he adds squishes. Yep, down, ladies, sing this song. Squish, doo squish, squish. Like instead of another doo it's a squish, squish. Because the, <laughs> the kids are walking towards him. This was and I read that. Stands in the standpipe, and he's like, Who's there? And they're like, The dead ones. Where's the dead ones? And I, I wrote it down, like, Oh, it sucks when you ask questions and you get an answer. Yeah, why would you ask? <laughs> maybe you should, yeah, maybe you should. Some things you don't want to know. This scene um, was definitely also one of the most terrifying. <laughs> yeah, and Stan, it says, Okay, so Stan's story being told through Beverly or 12 year old Beverly's memories who 37 year old Beverly is remembering 12 year old Beverly to stand like he keeps doing that inception shit mm-hmm. keep having to write down like what's going on and like I did again I was like all right no italics so Beverly's 12 and it's while they're at the laundromat waiting for the rags to dry <laughs> after right. they clean up the mess <laughs> She remember being at the laundromat while then she when she was at the laundromat, Stan was telling the story of the yeah, When he remembers being at the sandpit. Right. <laughs> Jesus Christ on a jump foot clutch. <laughs> um like that one I can do. Pretty good. Um I guess uh I mean we kinda talked about we didn't I guess we're, we're near the end here, folks. Um, oh, by the way, Amber, um, uh, and this is, I think, uh, Beverly's part still, right before, right before section 12, he says, uh, there's a universe down there, a universe where a square moon rises in the sky and the stars last and cold voices. Some of the triangles have four sides and some have five. Some of them have five raised to the fifth power sides. In this universe, there might be roses, which there might grow roses, which think. <laughs> Sounds to me like a tower reference, just saying. Uh, yeah. But I mean, that would have had... He was, he... he was writing it then. Was he writing about the rose? I don't well. I feel like the rose was a latecomer in the game. I think so too. I think that showed up in like book five when they started going back and forth to New York. Maybe book uh, four. Um, yeah, but you know, maybe he wasn't then, but that's what he turned it into. No, I mean he definitely like the singing roses. I've never heard anywhere other than Dark Tower. <laughs> right. Apparently, it's it's definitely. <laughs> blood is black and spongy. I like that too. Um, There's another mention of the turtle in the second interlude too. Mike says oh this is before he's when he's thinking and knowing he has to call them but when the time comes they will hear the voice of the turtle. So I'll wait and sooner or later I'll know. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote at some point um Oh yeah, after what when he falls asleep in the library and he wakes up and there's a mm-hmm. balloon with his face on it, bleeding or something. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I was like, Well, uh, I guess you better make those phone calls because there's no doubt now. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's a yeah. good point. All question of is it back has been removed. It's back. Uh, I mean, we talked about the black spot. That's horrible. And the Legion of was it the Legion of White Beasts? Every time I read that name, I just want to punch the book. I don't even think I like read the whole thing. I just saw L and I was like, got it. The horrible people. <laughs> right? Like Marilyn Manson, the horrible people. <laughs> I know it's beautiful, but I like it. <laughs> also, um, the bird that Mike's dad saw, it didn't hover, he said. It floated. It I, floated. I, I like that. Because <laughs> hovering was much louder. Like its wings were flapping. If it was hovering, if it floated, it was just still. I couldn't believe that the bird was floating on its own, but then when he said that there were big bunches of balloons tied to each wing and it floated, I'm like, okay, seriously? Like, I feel like you don't even have to have the balloons there. It's like, it already has wings, can't it just fly? <laughs> Why does it need balloons? <laughs> yeah, it was a little, uh, the reality was starting to get a little absurd with that, but I guess I mean, you could say that all throughout. Oh, like, for sure. I mean, Richie, I had I had no trouble believing in the monsters, but the forty foot bird with the balloons tied to each wing of it. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that ate an adult, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it's crossing a line when it starts eating adults. I feel like it's, it's, <sighs> no, you, you don't do that. Where's the turtle at? We gotta have a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, it. Uh, um, I had no idea when we first started talking about this whole float thing that that actually was such a theme, like, and used in so many ways. I'm like almost impressed, I guess. Yeah, it's tied completely to Georgie, I guess, in my memory and in pop culture, but it's no. And, and that, like, remember when we did the first part, we were like, oh, that was it. That's all that, that's all, that's where this whole float thing came from. It's like, well, actually, no, it keeps right. coming. Up. Everything floats. Everyone floats. <laughs> so yeah, we all float means more than I realized. Yeah, it's been really cool to discover that. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's. I'm pleasantly surprised by some of the stuff so far, especially the the intensity of some of the scenes. It's like, oh, God, like I'm feeling what they're going through. On this. You know, real quick, what I was. Uh, I was thinking, and I'm like, what I said earlier, I'm like, my least favorite part of this book so far has been the dam and the barons. And I'm like, that's the only part of this book where something terrifying hasn't happened. And I'm like, oh, okay, now that makes sense. <laughs> Maybe that's why you don't like it. <laughs> I'm like, that's You're probably like, why oh. everything else in this book is so fast paced. Oh, they're safe again. All right, what's next? Right. <laughs> It's like, oh, they're leading a normal childhood. Boring. Yeah. No, thank you. Right. I, I <laughs> Not in a Stephen King book. <laughs> I lived a normal childhood. I don't need them to. Uh, I think uh, not much else there. It's interesting that Mike's parts are not italicized. Well, he's writing them down. Yeah. I got well. Okay, so uh, italics mean it's a memory, I guess. Okay. Yeah. So that's. I mean, that's my, what I think is because these are like written memoirs versus just memories. <laughs> Interesting that the uh, the jazz band was so successful. The white people started showing up, and that was. What does he say? That's when we stopped being careful. We were having a good time. Yeah. Like, so what exactly? If you were being careful, would you have done differently? I, I don't know that you could have done anything differently. What What were you going to do? Tell the white people not to show up? 
I don't think that would have worked very well. Yeah, that's a good point. Because it's not like they cared that they were drinking alcohol. It's that they were black and having fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what offended the Legion of White Decency. That, <laughs> that didn't fit into their their world order. <laughs> um, so, yeah. That's think, almost like, absurd. I'm sorry, real quick. Because I'm sure that there are, that's where a lot of racism stems from. To think that people can compare those thoughts to the monsters uh, in this book. <laughs> like the offense of just a person living is the same as the offense of Stan seeing dead children in the standpipe. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I mean, like I've said, it, he enhances the rot that's already festering in there. Yeah. There's a lot of rot. Uh, although Dick calls Trevor uh, a name. I, it starts with a J? That too. No, it starts with an N. It's the N word. Oh, okay. Uh, which sometimes I say and sometimes I'm like, fuck it, I'll say. But even though I'm just repeating what's in the book. Uh, which kind of changed the dynamic of it to me. So if you're calling your friend that, then it's less offensive than that concept. Uh, but I'm like, that makes sense. I had a different point and I forgot what it was. Uh, I wonder if Pennywise was holding that door for there's no mention of someone or was it just that there was so many people trying to get out there was no way the door was ever open. I feel like I think it could easily be either. In my opinion, I don't think he needed to be involved in that. I think that very easily could have happened. I mean <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, because he, yeah, he calls it a woodshed, but then he calls it a tin box. So, like, uh, I keep forgetting that it was made of metal. But they were like in one of those, what do they call them? Those bowls that they used to put people in and then light the bowl, the bottom of the bowl on fire, and they would cook it. What is that called? I don't know uh, what you're talking about. I don't know either. Oh, it's something horrible they did, like in Roman times, in Greek times. Oh. Like, they would, it was a metal tin bowl. And they're like, you know, the stomach would open and they would put a person in there and then light a fire under the tin bowl. And they would Bull, like B-U-L-L. I thought you were saying bowl. No, no, bowl. Like a oh. horn and male cows and stuff. Uh, oh. There's a word for it. Huh. Like a medieval torture method? Yeah. Oh, it's just like horrible. It's like, and that's what that tin box, that the, uh, the black spot makes me think of. Uh, mm-hmm. Like just a big basting bolt that's not what it's called but you get the you get the idea well that's the other thing is you have to remember not only do you have people pushing against the door but the flames and the smoke and everything like at a certain point i i don't know exactly how fires work but it might not be possible to open that door yeah i guess i think and i was thinking about that like is that fire code i wonder that you you can't open a door inward uh, but now I can think of plenty of doors that go in and not out when you uh, you know what I mean it seems backwards that you have to pull to get out so, but you would think that would be some kind of fire uh, like enough mm-hmm. lifeboats on the Titanic now or on ships now 
Well, it's not like this was a <laughs> this was not a building constructed by the city council. <laughs> no, I know, but I'm thinking like I wonder what it's like now. Like if doors are allowed to be built that way. My brain goes weird places. <laughs> uh, and now that you say that, all the exit doors I can think of always do push oh, out. Oh, yeah, you're. Yeah, I was thinking that too. I was trying to think of an example, but I couldn't. <laughs> I think I used to have a restaurant door or two that opened the wrong way, which seems like a bad idea because there's some cramped space in those. Uh, well, that's a good point. So there are some, like, I'm thinking of, like, Chinese restaurants. I know I can think of for a fact where they open in, but they're not, like, like, the kitchen doors. Like, the exit doors are right. always push out. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, just one of them tanded. Um, okay, the balloon burst with a bang, and that's the end of part two. Anybody <laughs> got anything else? No, I very much... I'm enjoying this book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man. it goes. It's. I always wait to the last minute to read it, but it's awesome when I do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it's. Well, I, I always think. I'm like, I how am I gonna get through a hundred pages? And then it's like, there's ten left, and I'm like, well, that was fast. Yeah. I'm like, I'll spend two hours reading, and then I'll take a break, and then I'm like, oh well, I'm done. I didn't need to take a break. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you know, I, I try to save my reading for the second week so it's fresher in my mind, not necessarily the night before, but that's working out that way but, uh, <laughs> and then I do you know dissertation stuff the first week so it splits it up mm. alright so what's let me look at this well 453 to 609 if we did all oh, of part three 500 pages in and they're just fucking meeting each other as a vote Jesus yeah I mean they still haven't even included Mike as when they were kids that's true. That's that true. Yeah, we yeah. Got to a rock fight yet. The epic. I think he calls it the epic rock fight or something. Mm-hmm. And we finally learned about the fridge. <laughs> oh, I hate the fridge. The fridge talks better. Patrick, yeah, I think. Yeah, that's one. Of, I wonder if that's an interlude. It's one of those. Oh, there it is. It's in part four. The death of Patrick Hoxtetter. Oh. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, I just saw that. I don't see. Oh, there it is. The apocalyptic rock fight. Ooh, yeah. Part you four. So Mike doesn't join till part four. Are you kidding me? Wow. Well, I think part three. It's called grown ups. I think they're it's all. all a, yeah, I'd say it's all when they're adults. I gotta say, I don't like the adult parts as much. <laughs> I had the same thought. I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> He's just so good at doing the kid thing. I, I don't. Know. Uh, I feel like so we can definitely do all of part three. That's only what 150, 160 pages. Well, including well, and the, the interlude. interlude and the interlude is what I meant. Yeah, sixty-seven, four eighty-one, hundred. Yeah, about one hundred and eighty. Yeah, we can do that. Let's do part three. Okay. Um, Sounds good. What is that? Two weeks from now? Are you gonna? Is that when you're here? Yeah, I'll be gone next week, so that's perfect. So we're um, gonna do, you're gonna do the podcast from here. Oh, wait, yeah. You mean literally when I'm at your house. Yeah, um, yeah literally get here in person. Ooh, we should watch one of the hits. Third is the day that we're going to the Ren Fair. So are we still... I don't know if you want to do it that day or... It sounds like a lot. Yeah. Wifey, what time we go into the Ren Fair? We usually go when it opens. I don't know. What time is it open? 10? <laughs> it opens at 11. I, mean, I, I don't know that... 
I necessarily want to do them both on the same day. No, I don't think I do. It sounds like a lot. And Saturday is not going to work, right? Because you're not coming up till late. So let's. I start working two jobs that Monday. Or it was Monday before that. Um, I, I don't know what day works. You're you're working that Saturday, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I guess it's going to be Friday or Monday then, or we push it off to the next. Do you want to give it an extra week since it's kind of big with 180? No, I can't do it the following weekend. I'm going to be in, uh, going to New York for a concert and then going to Six Flags that Monday. <laughs> oh, what? In Great Adventure Six Flags? I, I don't know. Is Matt's idea? I'm like, what? You want to die? <laughs> right, you got to call me back when it's the, in a second. I got to tell you about something. Okay. Um, um, so I would say if we can do it on like any other day before then, that's fine. Like a, a weeknight or Friday or Monday or something. Pick one. Let's do Monday. Fuck it. I'll just do it from work if I have to. Monday the fourth. Yeah. Or do you? Uh, yeah. Friday or Monday. Pick one. Allie, oh, that's fine do? with me, Allie. Yeah, I could do the first or the fourth, and then after that I'm gonna be gone for like two weeks so okay. that's really the last time I could do it <laughs> for a while oh is that your last one is that what you said uh, until no. like the end of October okay um then let's do Friday tentatively I don't know I don't have a time yet I'll see how that goes but probably like 7 does that work yeah uh... That's right, it's shift change for me, so... Yeah, that's fine. That'll be a slow time. When all the new nurses come in, so they haven't discovered all their problems yet. No. Um, I do IT for the hospital. Sorry, that was a little thing. Oh. Um, so this is all getting cut out at the end anyway. So we can talk for 10 minutes, we don't need a minute. So, um, end of episode 20, everybody say bye. 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 bye.